everyone. Welcome back to Discovering the Bible podcast with Pastor Holly Howard. Hi. It's nice to be back. It's been it a while. Is, it is. It's nice to be back. It has been a while. So, you know, we've been, you've been traveling through Israel. You've yep. been preaching when you got back. Yes. And then it just kind of, we're back here and it's going to be good. So this one's going to be a little bit different than what we've done before because mm -hmm. we're talking about my testimony. We're talking about Sarah today. Yeah, so that's a little nerve-wracking, but I'm excited. When you approached me with, um, you know, what we're going to be talking about, you know, how to get free from mental bondages and how to stay free. Yeah. And you asked me to share my story. I was like, oh, gosh. Do I remember all of it? Um, because it's been a while, mm -hmm. but also it's hard for me to remember how to how I was in that place again because of the freedom I found. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta go home. I gotta write this down. And so um, I'm really excited to share this, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you, I want you to tell um, our listeners um, about the mental stronghold that you had. And what it was like for you, okay. um, and how you how you were delivered and how you were set free from it. And, and as we get started, one of the things that I really I really want you to hear, and I want you to pick up, and I want you to understand is that everything that Sarah's about to tell you, all of this, Sarah was a believer. Yeah. Sarah was saved. Sarah had received Christ into her heart. She believed on Jesus Christ, but she was still in bondage. And um, so uh, Christians can, and Christians are uh, in this world today in bondage. Christ a Christian can be in bondage. You can be fully saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and be in total bondage, and some sometimes not even know that you're in bondage. So, and that's exactly it. So, like, that's a good point, because to start my story and what I've came through is really important to know that I was raised in a good home. You know, my parents were very loving, very supportive, <clears throat> and I went to church when I was about 13, so, you know, that's pretty influential years there, you know, of my, how my view on life and my view on how things happen around me are formed. Yeah. Um, and so I was raised in church. I went to every youth event. I sang in the choir when I was 13, um, you know, and so from very young, I was introduced to Jesus and who he was and. I received salvation, you know, I prayed the prayer of, you know, accepting Jesus as my savior, you know, admitting that I made mistakes and I, and I sin and that I confess that he was the Lord, you know, and, um, he died for me. I believe that with my whole heart. Yeah. And so I grew up and as I grew up, there were things involved in my life that unaware to me were making and becoming strongholds. So, I mean, ever since a young age, I was, you know, a, a little different. I feel like that's a good, good way to describe that one. A little? Yeah. <laughs> a little? A lot, a lot different, okay? I mean, by different, I mean, like, artsy. You okay, know? yes, like, yes. You know, I, just, I had a different view on the world. So, I watched, <clears throat> you know, I would watch a lot of cartoons and a lot of, like, you know, kind of things that were just not appropriate you know, vulgar in their language and um, just not something that you should watch. Not anything that, like, was, like, crazy, but you're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't watch this stuff. But it affected, like, my language and how I would talk to people and how I would, you know, view things. Um, 
but music was a huge stronghold in my life that I didn't even know about. Okay. So, you know, growing up as a Christian, you would listen to, you know, all the worship music, and I sang in choir, so I knew all that music, but I was really into, you know, like, screamo, hardcore, like, really demonic and depressing music. Okay. And so, you know, when you talk about something enough, you kind of start thinking about that stuff. Yeah. So I was always singing When you were about, singing it, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Singing along to it in the car. Your, and, yeah. Well, back then it was all my, like, CD players. So yeah. I'm, like, in my room listening to, like, number three again. You know, put it on repeat on the CD player. Um, so I was singing these depressing, demonic, demonic now that I know, uh, sad, angry lyrics all the time. And I was becoming what I was listening to and singing. Yeah. So, you know, I listened to a lot of music about people not understanding, um, you know, how I wish I was dead, wow. how, um, you know, I wish I could hurt other people, um, you know, because they didn't understand me. That was the repertoire of music in my life. And then on Sundays, I would go and sing, you know, how good God was and how he loved me. And I always would get really sad when I sung those songs because I didn't know back then, obviously, it was the Holy Spirit saying, like, I do love you. There is peace. There is comfort. Let me in. And then I would go back and listen to this stuff again. So here I was, a 14, 15-year-old, 16-year-old girl, listening to really depressing music and demonic music now that I know because I've read scriptures and I've been enlightened to these things. Um, you know, I was... So that was, like, my childhood growing up. Talk about about the how you became at, because of this and because of the constant right, feeding right. your soul, feeding your mind with death and destruction and, and lies, that, you know, and how that opened, that was a, opened a door to the enemy to come into your mind. Talk about your thought processes, what you were like when, in, you know, just, just to tell them, tell them a little bit about that, about how yeah. you would think and, and what, how you became as a result of all this. Yeah, it was, I was definitely warped. Because insecurities had a, played a role in this as well. Oh, yeah. So definitely warped thinking, like, so example, I would get a really new, like, pair of shoes, like, really cool, and I would wear them, and someone in church, in school, in my family would be like, hey, those are some really nice shoes. And immediately, without me even, like, taking a breath, I wouldn't think, oh, thank you. Yeah, like, like, oh, what a compliment. Thank you. I like them too. That's right. right. My immediate response was always, what do you mean? Or what's wrong with them? I was never able to take a compliment. I would do something different with my hair because, like, back then I had, like, all my hair in my face and, you know, it was black and in my face. And so I put it up one day because I was hot or, you know, my hair wasn't looking good. And someone would be like, I really like your hair up, Sarah. Like, I really, you look really pretty. My first response would be, oh, they're making fun of me. I would start wow. crying. Wow. She's not lying. She really would. She, she's not lying. She would like, cry. I would start crying. This happened until I was like, what, 20, 21? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you were. So, <laughs> 13 years old. Years. <laughs> to 21 years old, I would cry at any compliment I got. I would go home and write in my online journal how everyone was mean. Um, how everyone at, and they gave her a compliment and they gave me a compliment but you would take it and it would be so twisted yes you would think the absolute worst scenario instead For of the everything. genuine compliment yes 
So, like, I would cry instantly at anything. So, like, here's a really funny example with Holly. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, you know, around my 19, 20 year, you know, mark, Holly was helping me with my singing because I love to sing. And um, so I approached her like, hey, me, can you help me with my singing? Yes. And so she's like, sure. So if you know Holly, she loves singing and she's amazing at it. So she's going to give me real honest feedback <laughs> because I asked her. She wanted. asked to, She wanted real constructive criticism. Right. And that's, I wanted to get better. And we worked together and we were kind of working. And right. So, yeah. So I gave her what she asked for. So I'm like practicing this song and Holly looks at me and she's <clears> like, hey, I loved all this. But there was this one part where you went flat or, you know, there wasn't enough breath support. I started crying. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I was awful. She She's yelling at me. That was always my instant <laughs> thing. Like when someone would tell me a compliment or like they would give me constructive criticism, they're yelling at me. I'm not good enough. You know, enter whatever negative thing you could take away from any criticism that's what my immediate response was. Yeah. I was always crying and I was always upset and I was conspiracy theory everything. everything. And I think the consensus with anybody that, that was around Sarah, the youth group, um, people at church, you know, her friends, it's like, it's the comment, it was, what's wrong with Sarah? Yes. You know, what's wrong with, with what's wrong with her? What's, what's her problem? Because people couldn't understand what was fueling this and like how do you take a compliment or how do you take okay there wasn't enough breath support here this note's getting flat here so instead of doing this try this and do some breath support exercises instead of working on that you know turning into a blubbering mess and crying and going to this far extreme of i suck i'm not good enough you know is i'm gonna quit singing i'm gonna quit singing i mean it's <laughs> like you know the the, the average person is gonna go wow like you're crazy. That's, <laughs> What's that's wrong exactly with you? It. You're crazy. The, what I now know, but didn't at the time, the enemy had convinced me <clears throat> that I was crazy, that I had something wrong, and that I didn't love Jesus enough. Wow. And so, you know, I didn't know that they were strongholds. And to it got to the point that, you know, I was in church all the time, and I was on all this stuff, and I proclaimed to be a Christian, but I was struggling with, you know, anger, depression, um, you know, just thinking everyone was out to get me. Um, I was deflecting, you know, what I was feeling on other people. And so I was just using all of these coping mechanisms in a really bad way. And so I started lying all the time, too, because I was like, okay, well, if I say this, then maybe everyone else won't think I'm crazy. So I started building lies around my life. Because I didn't know that I could be honest with people. I didn't have anyone to be honest with about what I was experiencing because I thought I was crazy. Well, um, and in the typical, uh, let me interject here too, in, in Sarah's defense, in, in the typical church world. Yes, I know what you're going to say. You can't, <laughs> yeah, because we've all been there. You, you can't open up and the Bible says to confess your faults yes. one to another so that you you may be, you may be healed. I confess my faults to Sarah so I can be healed because we get it out in the open. We get it out in the light and the light exposes the darkness. It exposes the enemy, the Bible says, and, and, and which leads to knowing, you know, being able to, to talk to somebody and exposing the work of darkness in our heart and our mind. 
but in the typical church world, we're terrified. We're terrified to say something. We're terrified to tell somebody that we struggle with pornography or that we struggle with, uh, you know, crazy mental strongholds or that we struggle with insecurities because we're afraid we're going to get judged and we're going to get told, well, if you would get saved or if you were good enough or, yes. you know, and then the church, the typical old ch church world mentality would have focused on your works aren't enough. But see, we aren't saved by works. No. We're saved by faith and grace and by the power of Jesus Christ. Well, so, so that's the, what the enemy had got me to think was that, if I did enough, maybe I would be saved from these, you know, the voices in my head saying I was crazy. You know, the well, now that I know, demonic voices in my head saying, hey, you lied to all these people. You lied to Holly. You lied to Pastor. You've lied to X, Y, and Z. They're going to get mad at you because you were defending yourself. So you can't talk to them now. Yeah. It's too late. Oh, yeah. Like, you just got to back out. It's like, done. you done dug the hole too deep. Yes. You can't get back out of and this so now. so I didn't know that confess. I knew the scripture, you know, like, you know, and I knew, I knew that, I didn't know the scriptures. We'll get to that later. But <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did know, I always heard, you know, you're overcomer by the power of your testimony, the words of your testimony. And so I always thought you had to get through what you're struggling with to overcome it. Which is if that makes a total sense. lie. Yeah, and so that was a lie. And so I was always waiting for the moment to say, oh, I'm done with this. Like, I'm, I'm free. So I could tell other people so I, that I was free. But I didn't know, and, to, and we're going to hit on some scriptures that she has about knowing scripture and how to overcome it with scripture, that without it, and without telling someone else the darkness you were in, you can't get through it. Yeah. So what what got you to the point to where you were like, okay, I got to have help. I can't live like this anymore. What got you there and what did you do? What got me there was when my sin started finding me out. Um, I was, you know, involved with people, involved with, um, you know, just lying to the point where I couldn't escape it anymore. I was, you know, not involved in ministry at this point because... Yeah, she had started dropping out of everything. I started dropping out of everything because the enemy wants to lie to you. Saying, of course. You know, if you just keep, you know, moving back, if you stop singing here, stop serving here, and hide in the back, then maybe you can work on this stuff and get freedom. Yeah. And so because of that, I started dwelling deeper into what I was struggling with the lies, the substance abuse, um, you know, being around people I shouldn't have been with. And you went back to partying and drinking. I and, went to and, partying and, and drinking. And, all that stuff. I mean, there was rarely a day of the week that I was probably sober. And I was just so enveloped in it that there was no way out. And um, but, yet, but yet she, by the miraculous grace of God, she was still coming to church. Yeah. She was pulling out of some of her ministry involvement and serving and, and things, but she was still coming to church. So you had this, you were living two lifestyles, two worlds, mm -hmm. still believed in Jesus, still loved Jesus. Oh, yeah. But in two worlds and then having severe conviction when you come to church because I'm doing this back yes. here and I'm in this bondage and I'm trying to self-medicate and it's not helping. And then you just miserable. I was miserable. And so 
at this point of my life where I was completely separated, I was separating myself because I was being lied to by the enemy that I needed to, you know, kind of excuse myself. But, you know, I was still had, because God's grace is so amazing and his mercy is so good. Yes, it is. He kept pulling me back every Sunday. I kept coming. And then <clears throat> Pastor and Holly came around that time. You know, you, they were they were there. You'd been there for about, I think, two years at this point. Yeah. And you started a class um, on Wednesday nights through a book called The Bondage Breaker. Just give which a little, is, little shout out to this book right here. <laughs> yes. You need this. You need to read it. Yeah. Get it. Go through it. Work through it. We've all done it. And it has changed all of our lives. So this was... By Dr. Neil Anderson, yes. by the way. Um, we'll put that in the description because... Sure, yes, this, yes. I was like, maybe... Maybe this will help me. I am so lost. I'm hurt. I haven't heard God's voice in so long. Yeah. I love you and I love Jesus. Why aren't you speaking to me anymore? I feel, and I, you know, and the enemy. Like abandoned. You felt abandoned and left. And the enemy was like, well, he doesn't love you anymore because you, because of what you're doing. Wow. Which is such a lie. And so I got to the point where I'm like, I need something. I, I can't talk to anyone. I've lied about my whole life at this point, but I'm too afraid to talk to anyone, which is a lie, you know, which no one, especially in our church, would have looked at me and been like, well, there's a reason why, you know, you're a lost cause. You yeah. Know, they would have never done that. And so I went to the Wednesday night class, not knowing how transformational this book was.